Welcome back to the PIP podcast. Apologies for the big break. We've had a lot going on at PIP recently, which we will share with you later in this episode. Number 35 with Hannah Maloney. Hannah chats to Robin about how she balances making changes in the world with work, parenthood and living a healthy, sustainable life. She shares her journey from starting Good Life Permaculture to becoming a regular guest presenter on ABC's Gardening Australia and finishing her first book. Hello listeners and welcome to the PIP podcast. My name's Robin Rosenfeld. I'm the editor and publisher of PIP magazine. Firstly, before I start, I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the traditional lands of the Thawa people of the Yuan Nation, and I pay my respects to the Elders, past, present and future. Sorry it's been so long between podcasts. We've had a lot going on at PIP lately. We had a pretty massive year last year with a lot of growth and new team members, and we've had a lot of things going on. We've got lots of exciting things coming up in the pipeline, but it's taken a bit of extra work and a bit of extra focus. And as we will discuss later in the podcast, sometimes you just can't do it all. I am back, however, and we have some great podcasts lined up too, so look out for them coming up over the next few months. In our celebratory issue, issue 20, which came out in May of this year, We revisited some of the people we featured in our very first issue seven years ago and got the lowdown on their journeys and what has been happening for them in the last seven years. One of these people was Hannah Maloney from Good Life Permaculture. Hannah has come a long way since 2014 when she had just recently launched Good Life Permaculture, having not long returned to Tassie. She's recently finished her first book, She's a regular presenter, guest presenter on ABC's Gardening Australia and she creates wonderful permaculture designs for people wanting to implement permaculture into their landscapes. She's also a teacher, a mother, an activist and has a productive and abundant home and garden. I wanted to chat to her about that journey and how she manages to do it all and keep sane. Now, I think it can be a real problem nowadays that a lot of us face when we are trying to do everything. I know for me, I have that problem. I run a pretty busy business. I've got a family and kids that are my priority and need lots of time and attention. And I'm trying to live sustainably, grow my own food and have less of an impact on the planet. And if I'm not careful, I can end up feeling a bit burnt out. But there are things I do that help keep me sane and keep going, and I'm sure Hannah is the same. So I thought we could have a chat and find out. Welcome, Hannah, to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, firstly, um, tell us about the book that you've just finished. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, I've just finished it. It's uh, called The Good Life, How to Grow a Better World. And it's very much about how to respond to the climate emergency. So the big question I'm answering is how to live a good life in the face of the climate emergency. Um, because it's, it's a pretty depressing uh, topic to think about. And science doesn't tell a good story. And how do we live a life, a joyful, beautiful life for our own selves and to help others to do the same? amongst all that and help counter it and so it's it's a hugely positive book about how we do that personally but also about how other people do it in their homes communities and organizations and businesses so it's a bit of a 
a go-to book about um, how to move through these times. And it, it very much it um, is grounded in a concept called radical hope, which you can trace back to philosopher Jonathan Lear. And Rebecca Solnit is another author who also writes about hope beautifully in her book, Hope in the Dark. Uh, but radical hope is a verb. And in the context of the climate emergency, it's about how to... Um, act with hope in the face of huge uncertainty uh, and trying to make all these positive changes knowing that they may not work but you do them anyway because they might work it's mm. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these this, these changes take generations this is a generational change um, that will need to take place and any activist I think needs to adopt that mentality that we, we can't you know uh, in inverted commas change the world in your lifetime or save the world but we can be part of this beautiful puzzle of connecting dots that across generations that will have huge transformation to create a just and beautiful world for all. And I'm so pumped to be one of those dots. <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah. are. You're inspiring a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also um, the other big way you're inspiring people is being a regular guest presenter on Gardening Australia. So can you tell us about that and how that works for you in gaining a wider audience to get that message out there. Oh, I'm so grateful to be involved in any capacity with Gardening Australia. I, um, as a young teenager, I when I was looking out in the world, this is before internet was available, <laughs> and I was like, Gardening Australia and Peter Cundall was like the only thing I could find in mainstream media. And I'm like, oh, these people get it. Like they know that living properly and living in a grounded way is a good thing to do. And mm. so I am a, a lifelong fan and um and a couple of years ago, they invited me just to be do a one-off story with them as um, uh, a bit of a feature. Like, this is Hannah Maloney. This is what she does, blah, blah, blah. After that happened, they said, oh, would you like to come back as a guest presenter just for a short amount of stories? I was like, of course I would love to. Um, <laughs> and that conversation has just kept going. So they just go, hey, do you need to do a few more stories? Um, and then fingers crossed that will just keep on going. Uh, you know, the power of media is real. You cannot deny it. So mm. it's been wonderful to kind of jump into that world and um feel that feedback I guess you know mm. so uh, it gives gives you a lot more of a platform and it gives you almost instant credibility like I'm still doing exactly what I was doing before but now people um give a lot more credibility towards what my work which I'm mm. really grateful for so great to see those stories coming in about uh, the people and the things that you're doing at your place that, you know, we've probably been talking about in permaculture and different places for a long time and now it's like a lot of these things are becoming much more mainstream and, well, just by being on Gardening Australia it makes it more mainstream and suddenly, yeah, these ideas aren't these kind of weird out there things mm. that a few people out in the bush are doing. It's making them, hey, this is you know, something that all of us can do, anyone can do. Yeah, and I love that David Holmgren, co-originator of permaculture, he he once said, you know, permaculture is just common sense which isn't so common anymore and yeah. that just struck the biggest chord in me. I'm like, yeah, this stuff isn't new. It's not necessarily new. It's not rocket science. It's it's just been forgotten and it's people are just remembering that yeah. whole beautiful way of life now. Yeah, because a lot of the things, you know, if we went back, few generations it was just what they had to do because there was yeah. no option but then as life kind of got easier and there were quicker things and shortcuts and machinery and mm. packaged products that can take the place we yeah we all 
you know, different, you know, slowly have taken the easier road. And, mm. but yeah, actually to go back and do those things, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience, isn't it? Yeah. The interesting conversation because I don't, not many of us have time to go to re embrace the, how we used to do things, whether, you know, making your own clothes, um, making all your own food, growing your food, all those things is actually not viable for, for mm. most people. And, and I can't, we can't do everything ourselves because it's not an option practically, but it's not about doing everything. It's about doing something and adapting to our times and your context. And I think I people do. often say or m- might think, oh, if I can't do everything, I won't bother. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what can you do? And, and, and be at beautiful peace of what you can do and yeah, embrace, what, embrace that and yeah. stop beating yourself up or thinking that you have to do more all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a real journey I've gone on over the last few years of just going, like knowing all the things that I could be doing, like I could do mm. make this and do this and do this and especially, you know, being the editor of PIP, it's like I know yeah. I'm learning, you know, constantly interviewing people who are doing this amazing thing and they haven't produced any rubbish in years and this person who grows everything they eat and this person. And then I start going, oh, look at my rubbish bin. You know? <laughs> and I start feeling really guilty and then I've got my kids coming in. And, yeah, it's this, um, yeah, it's just that kind of going, okay, what can I do? What's practical? And, yeah, it's okay if it's not all perfect. And to also to re- uh, reassure people about that because by doing sort of giving people these ideas, we don't want to be making them feel guilty if they don't do it. It's just an idea and if it resonates and speaks to you and yeah. you can fit that into your life and that's good for you, do it. If not, yeah. maybe another time in your life you can or maybe that's just not your thing. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Robin, because I think um, – if it's if it's so hard that you're feeling like what are you trying to attempt to do to improve the world? If it doesn't feel good in your heart, it's not the right time for you to try to do that thing. Mm. Um, like you know, we're car free, but only because it made me so excited. I was like, yes, yeah, awesome. But I, I fully expect to one day have a car or a car share system more again because. Yep that that's what will be practical for that time of life and so it's like what's happening in your time of life right now that resonates with you and go there yeah you know, and then and beautiful things will happen <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's funny you say that because you have the electric bike and the no car thing I always laugh I imagine you know going to get my teenage daughters on my bike and going oh my god mum I am not going on the bike with you <laughs> whereas yeah when you yeah it and everything's different for different people and what works for them. Yeah. Now, I'd love to hear a bit more about your journey over the last seven years. So, like, where you were 2014 it was. So, like, mm-hmm. I think you just started Good Life Permaculture and recently moved to Tassie. And, yeah, I guess where were you at then? What was your driving motivation? And, yeah, how did that go sort of starting up Good Life and taking that mm-hmm. leap of faith? Yeah, sure. So, we, I started a good life permaculture in 2013 and we just moved back from Melbourne where we'd been for a couple of years um, and I, I'd worked with an amazing non-government organisation over there called Cultivating Community who work with school and community gardens and do lots of food systems work and I was just so stoked with that to be involved in them. I was a long-time admirer and I was really, you know, living my dream in terms of, um, you know, where I wanted to be professionally. And I came back to beautiful Tasmania and I looked around and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's no opportunity here. 
where I can step into or collaborate with people doing something similar or equivalent. Um, and I was my, the, my situation was I have to leave or I have to create something here to help that conversation grow and to build traction around these issues around permaculture and building community resilience, um, how to respond to the climate emergency. And so that was very much the motivation to starting a good life. Um, oh, sorry, it's good life permaculture. And the, the business name, um, good life permaculture, is very much about, uh, I was like, oh, trying to think of all these fancy names. I'm like, well, what are you trying to do, Hannah? Like, I just need to have a good life and I need other people to have a good life too. So it's very modest and very humble, mm. uh, but incredibly important as well. It's about how do, we, how do we spend our life doing good work and why you're doing the work you're doing. Um, so, seven, yeah, seven years ago, I was in the early stages of doing that. And because I had already spent my whole adult life working in urban agriculture or on small farms, it wasn't a hard thing for me to start. I'd often been a, worked as a sole trader previously as well. So I just set up my website and I just started running compost workshops <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And then quickly doing other short um, practical workshops as well and eventually two-week permaculture design courses and so on. Um, so I started with my existing strengths and skill set, which enabled me just to hit the ground running and have an income very quickly because um, that's just a practicality. You need to earn money. Mm, yeah. um, so I, was able, I just go, okay, what are my strengths? And I just went very hard there and I went, well, where else do I want to be and how can I get there? And so I... Um, I'm a natural planner. I love, I love, I love a good plan. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, would map out my years in advance and just work out how, where I want to be and how to get there. And so far it's worked pretty well, um, which has been, I'm so grateful for. And, and I worked very hard for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mapping out, where, where did you sort of map yourself out to be then, say in seven years' time? Oh, great question. So um, I could, oh, probably still got my mind map somewhere. I could go back and look at them. <laughs> but like, there was things around, um, you know, practical things around, okay, I need this much income and I need to grow this much to be make this viable. Mm. Um, and that, that's, that was, I met that, which is great. And uh, there was things around, I wanted to be in landscape design with permaculture skill set. And uh, those things I was already doing, but not, um, I needed more practice and more development there. So I worked it out, uh, got practice in that area, and that's now a really thriving part of our enterprise, which is great. And I wanted to bring on other teachers and other contractors. So it's not just the Hannah Maloney show, because that's super boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was wonderful so now we have a pool of teachers that come and go for different workshops and who can help me with landscape design work as well and that is such a joy to know that it's not resting on my shoulders and that we have a community of active talented people sharing their skills and knowledge um, and I think the, the biggest thing is like I want to I want to be in Tasmania and have all these things, cool things happening. And I don't want to be involved in all of them. <laughs> that means people are doing their own thing yeah. and they're just having these great spontaneous events pop up. Um, and it means that community is building and traction is building and I don't have to be involved in everything. And that's happening. <laughs> is that by teaching people and inspiring them to do other things? Is that your... Yeah. So I, well, I spent a lot of years teaching a lot of short 
courses around practical skills and also um, with permaculture design courses really just making sure that conversation extends to how we are in community uh, in your just your normal city town communities and the opportunities there so um, people doing doing great projects you know short-term things or integrating ways of practice into their long-term um, businesses they work with and and it's just been beautiful to see people do their own thing and obviously it, they've been doing learning from other people as well it's not just through us um mm. but I, it's many great things happening now just independently of people we're popping up and that's been we're now there's a whole bunch of us contributing to this uh conversation about how we can uh, have a good life for everybody not just for mm. our own personal selves yeah mm, that's great and um so how has has your goals and your motivation for what you do changed much since then until now? Oh, of course. I think over the past year I've probably had the most ra- like radical change for me um, about how I want to be in the world and show up with my work and and I've always I've always really stood by my work as a valuable contribution to um, countering the climate emergency and I, I still think that work is so important and valuable and I'm just obsessing over how to be more useful in the face of the climate emergency for or for people mm. um, and that for me that looks like maybe not doing so much teaching and landscape designing which is is very focused for a small group of people or for one household mm. um, and going okay how do we shift over to working with a broader community and um, scale up having a better better impact Mm. Um, and practically speaking you know things I'll start doing more of in the near future is um, YouTube videos um, with a book coming out it's a really great opportunity to do a book tour and associated events Mm. and build the conversation around how we can um, individually and collectively push for change and and create that change in our own homes and communities so for me um, you know I'm right smack bang in the middle of reimagining how to be in the world and how does permaculture help contribute to that conversation Mm. Mm. so how do you practically I mean you say you're a good planner and I mean I'm interested to know it sounds like a to actually think clearly about that and map it Mm. out seems like a really great thing to do rather than just have a vague notion and hope it happens. Yeah, look, um, I will name drop Dan Palmer here. He's been great with his holistic decision-making mm-hmm. um, work and sharing that, which has been great. However, interestingly for me, because uh, I over-plan everything, like I'll have my calendar booked out one to two years in advance, put it all sorted, and it's yeah. um, to my detriment. <laughs> um, so six months ago or seven months ago, I actively stopped planning things um, to as much as I have done previously and have trying to create more space for things to um, come more spontaneously or more like in a less planned way, if you like, which is so hard for me. So, so, so hard. <laughs> and, um, and, and have more trust in going, yet yeah, this, this new direction requires more flexibility uh, and it, it's a lot more unknown for me because there's less tangible things I can hang off it in terms of, um, uh, you know, workshops or the amount of design jobs I have or the amount of events that I host and um, let things emerge a little bit. Mm. Saying that, I will, I will shortly start having more structure around things. But I, because it's such a big change for me, I needed to have a time of um, openness to see what could come up mm. because I think 
for people like myself who are used to being so organized for so long and so booked out for so long um I had to I had to really change my brain a little bit and it's just still an ongoing process <laughs> about how to um, think and turn up differently. I want to be more uh, responsive and not just uh, not just semi-reactive to things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think also that must be quite frightening if you're used to everything being all mapped out and you can sit, and then to just have that void for a while and to mm. just sit in that space. It can be quite frightening, it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so hard for me. Um, and I was actually. It, was, it wasn't until April where I, um, this, maybe a couple of months ago, where I actually had the time that I had planned to have. I'm like, okay, when I get to April, I have all this clear time. And April was like the hardest month for me because, mm. <laughs> like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? And, and I just had to really sit with it. And, you know, two months later I'm feeling a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, um, you know, it's, you know, when people say, oh, meditation is good for you and, you know, spending time in nature, it, they, it's actually, they actually mean it and it's actually really seriously real. <laughs> and I went to my GP a while back and she just, because um, I, I was really suffering from so much stress and being overworked and she just said, yeah, all I can tell you is um, reduce your workload and spend more time in nature. Mm. And she's, she's totally right. I'm healthier for it and I really believe that um, uh making time for health and personal happiness and joy means that you can give more to the world um, and that's that's what I'm on about yeah mm. so yeah. can you tell us a bit more about because we had a chat the other day and you were saying how you sort of changed your the way you were working a bit to cut back some of those hours and then what you have been doing to look after yourself better and yeah mm. I mean in permaculture some people talk about the fourth ethic of self-care um, you know, people care, earth care, fair share, and then self care. Mm. What are some of those things that you do for to help yourself? I I really love exercise. So um, I that for me, I live happen to live near close bush. Even though I'm in the capital city, I can just walk out my door and run through gorgeous state forests. So I do a lot of um, trail running, which is great. Sounds impressive. It's very slow trail running. <laughs> <laughs> So my friends and I went into a half marathon earlier this year, which is so joyful, and yeah. um, we do lots of little runs together, which is great. I also, um, oh, I've joined this great gym, which I just, I'm so into, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a lot of weightlifting, and it's such a supportive, wonderful group of people to be with, and they're all like elite, elite like weightlifting athletes, and then there's me in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so into them. It's just, uh, it's really aspirational for me. And of course, um, like physical health is a really is a very strong link for me from physical health to mental health. And so, I yeah. am um, so much happier when I exercise. Uh, you know, every day I have to be active, um, mm-hmm. and that's so important. And and previously with my workload, it was so big. I, I'd get up at four a.m. I'd work until seven, and I'd hang out with my family for an hour and get you know go to school and all the things. And then I'd work till three and pick up my daughter when it was my turn to pick her up. And then I put her to bed. Then I'd work until like ten, and then I'd go to sleep. And it was just no time for exercise. Yeah, um, so silly. We work ourselves into these corners where we 
so passionate about our jobs and, uh, and we see the value in it that we forget that we have to value ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I reach a point when I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I do it for a while because I'm like, oh, there's a deadline, I've got to do it. Da, 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 da. And I tell myself yeah. I, I, I can't take the time to go and do what I need to do. And then I, I do, I get to this point where I'm, I'm not sleeping well, I'm feeling really stressed. And, mm. yeah, when you start drawing it, yeah, for me it's like just go and get some full-on exercise. And for me it's surfing. Mm. That's my, you know, joy. It just totally you get in the water. It's that connection with nature as well and just yeah. everything about it. Or, you know, if I haven't got the time for that, go for a walk on the beach or, yeah, in, up the lane or whatever it is, wherever you can. Mm. And then that helps with everything, doesn't it? You sleep better, you feel your body's feeling tired at the end of the day and, mm. yeah, but if you don't take that time, you just stop functioning yeah. properly. Totally. It's not worth it. And the other thing I've been really um, more, more, much more mindful on is, is um, just eating well and people mm. will laugh at, like, often as like, oh, what do you mean? You, you know, you have a big organic garden. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, when you're really busy, um, I would just come inside, slap some butter and some beautiful organic sourdough bread and wash that down. But that's not healthy if that's all you do. <laughs> so yeah. I've just been more mindful about, oh, yeah, it's right, you got to have proteins and you got to have all this fibre. And, and that's been actually hugely significant just to um, plan my meals a bit more, which, you know, it's nothing nothing fancy about it. But you go, oh, yeah, just have a bit more diversity. Don't just eat bread and butter. Um, <laughs> and that's actually really helped me at my energy levels which has been great um mm. and yeah and and i'm a great i'm a i love going to bed early so that hasn't been a challenge for me yeah, sleeping eating and exercise mm. for me i just being yeah it's game changing just bringing my attention back to it i cut my workload by 40 percent which is um huge it took me a year it, yeah. it was really hard and it was really hard i cried a lot at the beginning because i thought i was letting people down and failing mm um now I'm really excited by it (laughs) and um I say no uh, multiple times a week to people uh, to Mm. do jobs or to come to certain events I I do think you can have these really big bursts of intensity with your workload but I don't think you can sustain that and Mm. I I think for me and I think people like yourself as well perhaps I, I just worked like a crazy person very happily for maybe eight years straight Mm. um and then but there's only so much you're just going to crash and burn and so I I did have a I had quite a a slow motion crash and burn last year is what I call it um and it's much yeah if we you know we want to keep doing this work forever it's like okay well how are you going to look after yourself so you can keep doing it forever you don't want to just um burn out and then then go just get a job to pay the bills and Mm. um live a quiet life I'm like no I want to live a beautiful colorful life and be an mm. activist forever <laughs> yeah yeah that's really good advice it is mm. and it depends what you're doing too I mean there's some points in your life where you are able to do that and other times where you just can't like now I can make time for myself to do things but you know my kids mm. are all a little bit older my business is a bit more established um you know mm. there are Whereas in the beginning when I've got kids waking up in the night and, you know, this business where I have to do everything myself and, you know, it it can be harder. So on that topic, how do you um, sort of manage family life and work oh, and everything? Gosh. Oh, because my, my daughter is now six years old, so she was born a couple of years into me running Good Life Permaculture. And, um, like, parenthood was a very big 
a challenge for me intellectually and emotionally because um, I haven't got a huge maternal streak. I never was, I never craved a baby, um, uh, but I was very, very happy to have one. Frida, our daughter, was very planned. Yeah. Um, but or, and and when she arrived, I just um, you know strapped her onto my belly and went back to work immediately. I because mm. that was my happy place and. Mm and worked very hard like she would just come with me everywhere <laughs> um, and in hindsight I think I did what I, I have huge compassion for me in that time because I was it was such a struggle for me emotionally to be a parent um, I just wanted to do my work and and I love my daughter so much um, and I go oh you know it was it probably would have been fine if we just stepped back a bit Hannah <laughs> and take care of yourself because it's not until very in very recent times where I have um, started to pull back on my workload and go oh tune into my gorgeous family my daughter in particular and just make more time for her so now this year I have a rule for this year at least I don't work on weekends Mm. Um, usually I'd work every second weekend and um, takes a huge toll on the family even when you've Mm. got one kid Mm, (laughs) and so just that change has been like revolutionary for mm. me personally, but us as a family, just being mm-hmm. available and knowing that, yeah, we've got two days every week yeah. that we can relax. <laughs> it's Have really time together. Yeah, it's super exciting. And I'm, it's, and I've just noticed my relationship with my daughter is a lot more um, joyful. So many moments of joy, when mm-hmm. I think we, which we've always had, but there's, there's more of them now that I'm just a bit more relaxed. Mm. it's cool yeah so I don't balance parenting and uh, workload very well historically and people often say oh how do you get your kid in the garden like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gardening she's just doing whatever she's doing (laughs) cracking it's like I just um I don't expect Frida to love doing what I love doing like Mm. it's not a it's a really clear boundary that I have I grew up in a, in a, um, a herb farm where the kids just, you just had to work in, in the herb farm, even though it was a small city farm. You just had to help uh, because it was your needed. I don't have that expectation of Frida because I know how um, it's not necessarily a healthy dynamic to have mm. um, for your kid. So I don't make her work in the garden. I don't make her, you know, help with the goats. Um, I do. She does have jobs and you know has to help out around the place, but. I don't expect her to love what I love. Yeah. yeah. That's totally cool. Yeah. Yeah, and she'll have her own journey and do yeah, her own thing. Cool. So tell us when tell us about the book. I mean, you've told us about the book. When can people get oh, their hands on it? I just found out it's going to be in bookshops from August the 31st this Woo-hoo. year. So that's less than three months away. And um, I, I'm planning like a book tour and exactly what that looks like. I'm um, yet to finalise, but I'll... I'm hoping to be travelling a little bit on the mainland as well as through Tasmania and doing some funky, fun events and um, various things, (laughs) which I'm dreaming up. Now that I've finished writing the book, I couldn't really think beyond that um, until I'd finished. But now I'm like, yeah, I could do some things. (laughs) So uh, watch this space. And once I know what I'm doing, I'll tell you what I'm doing. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm expecting through at some stage through spring um, I'll be out and about a bit, which will be fun. Great. So if people want to sort of find out, if they haven't seen, heard of you before, where can they kind of follow you and keep track of what you're doing? Oh, yeah, we've got a website, um, goodlifepermaculture.com.au. 
We're also on Instagram, Good Life Permaculture, and, and Facebook you can find us. Um, and you can just keep in touch and stay in the loop. Fantastic. So thanks so much, Shanna, for sparing some time with us <laughs> and, yeah, sharing that, sharing your thoughts and your learnings and everything. Well, thanks, Reverend, and thanks for your work with Pit Magazine. Like I've said it before, but I'll say it again, it's been, Pip's been such a great um, resource to raise the bar in permaculture and to clarify huge amounts of information around it. So mm. you guys are doing a stellar job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to the Pip Podcast with Hannah Maloney. To read more about Hannah and her exciting projects, check out the celebratory 20th issue of the Pip Magazine. You can also subscribe to our magazine Explore articles on growing, fermenting, composting, foraging and much more as well as watch our videos and listen to our podcast episodes all on our website pipmagazine.com.au or follow us on socials.